Hello, friend. I'm John Carter. Welcome today to The Carter Report. Our program today has got mighty power in it because we're talking about the greatest hoax that has ever been perpetrated upon the human race. We're talking about the death of Darwinism. Our special guest today is Dr. Don Johnson, who has two PhDs, one in chemistry and one in computer information science. He has these doctorates from two great American universities, from Michigan State University that has 50,000 students and uh, from uh, Minnesota University that has more than 50,000 students. He is a scientist and we're talking about the truth that will set you free. Welcome today to the Carter Report. Hi, I'm John Carter. I guess the toughest place that I've ever been to as far as the preaching of the gospel is concerned is India, home to more than a billion souls. And I guess hundreds of millions of different gods. It almost overwhelms the senses. What can we do? Well, we've been to India, we've run outdoor meetings, we've had thousands and thousands of people, Hindus, Muslims, at our meetings coming forward in altar calls. But we're going to try to do something else as well. We're going to start small. We're starting with a program called Touching the Untouchables. And we're going to start with little untouchable girls. We're doing this now. We're getting them food because they're so hungry. Hard to come to Jesus when you're hungry. And so we're getting them food and we'll be sending them to school. We're trying to feed their souls and fill their bellies in India. Home to more than a billion souls and hundreds of millions of gods controlled by evil spirits. Please help us in this work. Please help us. Write to me, John Carter, Post Office Box, 1900 Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or write to me at Terrigal in Australia. We have an Australian office as we have an Indian office with somebody there working full time trying to touch the untouchables with the love of Jesus. Please write to me today. And Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. Welcome today to the Carter Report. We're talking about the greatest hoax that has ever been fostered upon a gullible human race. We're talking about Darwinism. Dr. Johnson, we're glad that you're here today. It's good to be here. We just had a great television program with you, and this one is going to be just as good. Now, in our previous program, you talked about the human genome. Now, this was so amazing. It sort of blew me away, and we talked about DNA and some of those things. For the folks who've just tuned in, how much information is found in the human genome? I want you to tell us this again. The human genome has about 12 gigabits of information, which uh, if you relate that to inf uh, the amount of information in other media, 
It yeah. just vastly overwhelms it. Uh, DNA, for example, if you took one uh, strand of DNA, one molecule of DNA from every person who ever lived, it would easily fit in a teaspoon along with enough room in that same teaspoon to hold all the information of all the books that have ever been, ever been written yeah. if they could be encoded in the same method. And a Darwinist will tell me this happened by blind chance. That's what they would say. And what would you comment on that? How would you respond to that? Show me. <laughs> how, how is that possible? As an information scientist, meaningful, meaningful functional information cannot arise from chance. And life is filled with meaningful functional information. Uh, I heard um, the great professor John Lennox, I think that's right, from Oxford University, a professor of mathematics. He's debating Richard Dawkins, and he says to Richard Dawkins, it's like uh, a man is walking through the desert. He's going to die of starvation. And he sees uh, some writing in the sand. Well, immediately he assumes that somebody has been there before him and somebody wants to point him in the direction of water. But uh, you go then to Richard Dawkins and you show him the DNA and everything. He says, no, this doesn't show intelligent creator. This happened by itself. Richard Dawkins has said that um, life only looks like it was designed. It really wasn't. <laughs> uh, well, it certainly does look like it, doesn't it? It does to me. Now, now, you're an expert in this. You've got a doctorate in this. Define information. What is information? Information technically means that something can be in one of mul multiple states, and which state it's in determines the information content. For example, if you flip a coin, it can be either head or tail. Uh, that could be information, but it's chance information. Yes. Not, no meaningfulness about it at all. Hmm. Uh, if you had a two-headed coin, it doesn't matter how many times you flip it, you're going to get heads every yes. time. Yes. That has no information hmm. because there's no contingency. Hmm. It cannot be other than yes. heads. And the same thing is true in information. Uh, information, for example, every uh, nucleotide along the DNA strand can be in any one of four different states. And uh, which state it's in will determine the information content. And there's nothing along the DNA that determines which it should be. They're purely arbitrary as far as looking at it goes. And in fact, studies have shown that the DNA sequence uh, looks like it's random but we know that it isn't random because it's functional. And so just looking like it's random doesn't make it random. Now, Richard Dawkins and other uh, atheistic evolutionists say that uh, this was the result of chaos. Mm -hmm. Now, can chaos produce intelligent information? Randomness can never produce functional information. And functional information is actually even more so in life because it uh, is not only functional, but it also is prescriptive. Prescriptive, uh, to illustrate the difference between uh, random information, chance contingency, uh, 
functional information and prescriptive information. Assume, for example, you had a monkey typing at a keyboard. Yes. Computer keyboard. Mm. Now, no, no knowledge at all about what is being typed. Mm. That would be an example of chance contingency. Every stroke is recorded. You know, it has a pattern. Yes, yes. But that's purely by chance. It has mm. no meaning whatsoever. If I were writing email to you, for example, which I've done, that is functional information because I'm conveying something functional from one person to another. That's functional information. Mm. If I were sitting at my computer typing a computer program, that would be an example. It's functional information, but it's also prescriptive information. Prescriptive means you have to follow this prescription, and when you do, you'll get some meaningful result. And prescriptive information is like a recipe, for example, for baking a cake. If you follow the sequence properly, you get the desired result. And life is filled with that. Now, now how does this relate to DNA and the human genome and all that stuff? DNA has in it prescriptive information. Every one of the, the 100,000 proteins, for example, that are generated by your body has 100,000 proteins. 100,000 proteins that are manufactured and used by your body. Every single one of them is the output of a real computer program's execution. So every one of those... Now, you're sure of this? Yes, yes, I am. Then how could evolution produce this, I ask uh, you? I, I have no idea how it could. In fact, it couldn't, because programs do not arise by chance. In evolution, Darwinistic evolution says you have these functional computer programs for a particular organism. Sometimes those computer programs are modified by mutations to produce better programs. And that just doesn't make any sense as an information scientist. It certainly takes a great deal of faith, doesn't it? I would think so. I mean, so. to believe in this, this stuff, that all of this randomness and chaos produce this tremendous amount of uh, information. It takes faith to believe that. Because is there any evidence for it? No. And in fact, a lot of people say, well, even Richard Dawkins says mm. that the code that's in the DNA looks an awful lot like computer code. And there's, he said the, uh, the computer code in that could just as well go into a computer engineering journal or something. Uh, we, we do believe that there was a person, of course, in charge uh, yeah, of it, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what, it, what is interesting to me is that Craig Ventner and his group designed uh, what they called the artificial genome. They took the DNA from one particular bacterium, mm. they extracted it, they cobbled together something that matched the DNA of another bacterium without understanding what was being done other than it matched. They injected the, the cobbled together DNA into the bacterium whose DNA was extracted, did some operations, and it became alive with the new DNA. And his uh, comment on that was, this demonstrates, it changed his mind, because this demonstrates that life is an information process. 
a software process. Our genetic code is our software. This was said by uh, the, the man who proved experimentally that DNA code is software, and it is read by biological computers that are real. Once upon a time, you were an evolutionist. Yep, I but, was. But you're not an evolutionist today. I was an evolutionist for 18 years after becoming a Christian. Yes. I continued believing, teaching, mm. and so forth. But science convinced me evolution doesn't have a leg to stand on. It is scientifically not viable. It's a hoax. It's a hoax. Mm -hmm. uh, they say that random mutations followed by natural selection is the mechanism for evolution. Now, there are literally, in the last few years, thousands of scientists who disagree with that. And I'm one of them, <laughs> that it doesn't, doesn't hold water. Because natural selection simply is a, uh, will determine which one of the organisms will survive to reproduce. Natural selection has no capability of going back into the DNA and modifying it so that you have evolution. You're watching the Carter Report. We're talking about the death of Darwinism and we'll be back with Dr. Don Johnson. God has his time and his place for everything. And the time and the place now is Latin America, including Cuba. Time Magazine talks about the Second Protestant Reformation and describes how hundreds of thousands, even millions of Latinos are coming to the gospel of Christ. I'm not an armchair theologian. I'm speaking according to experience. I've seen it with my own eyes. Recently, we went down to El Salvador. There I spoke in the largest football stadium in Central America with the biggest crowd that that football stadium had ever, ever seen. They came not to see a football match but to hear about the blood of Christ. Millions are coming to a knowledge of God in Latin America. Doors are opening in Cuba. Who knows? We may be going to Cuba soon. As the doors open, by the grace of God, we are going to step through those doors. And we want you to step through those doors with us and be part of our team for such a time as this, please write to me, friend. Don't put it off. Write to me, John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, write to me at Terrigal, New South Wales. Be part of the Second Reformation. Join us and see the miracles of God. Amen. Hello, friend. I'm John Carter. Welcome back to The Carter Report. And my special guest is a great scientist. He's got two PhDs in science, Dr. Don Johnson. Glad to have you with us, doctor. Good to be here. Uh, uh, we had a great uh, time with you in the previous programs. 
we're talking about information. What is needed to set up a process to produce vast stores of complicated information? Now, you've got a PhD in computer information science. So what do you have to have to set up this vast storage system? Well, you have to... All information that's meaningful arises in a mind. So, for example, a programmer programs a computer uh -huh. and then it ultimately gets instantiated or put into memory and so forth and it works. So the computer programs weren't uh, made yeah. by a, a chaotic... No, uh, no. <laughs> if, if, if it were, uh, you know, people wouldn't need to hire programmers. They would just, you know, let their computer run until uh -huh. it, you know, yes, it yes, ultimately yes. modified itself to be something useful. Mm. Well, that doesn't work. Mm. People know that doesn't work, but yet that's what is portrayed as scientific truth when it comes to uh, the genome, which is has thousands of and thousands of computer programs, and it's much more complex than that because there's all kinds of levels of uh, messages within messages and just all okay, kinds now, of stuff. Now, look, I'm getting what you're saying, but I'm a novice in this. Okay. And some of the people who are watching the program may be getting lost. Don't get lost. <laughs> just hang in here because this information may save your soul or the soul of your children. Tell me this about the human genome and all the information and all the computer its and bits that are in that. There are literally millions of real computer programs and real computers in every single cell. <clears throat> yeah. This, uh, are you sort of making this up? No, 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 no. This was actually proven experimentally by Craig Ventner's group that, that our genetic code is our software which means that there's also hardware that reads that code. And so there are real computers, so this biological is not, computers. This is not something from the theological no, seminary. No, it's not. And it's not something that's uh, an analogy that it's, it's like a computer program. Those are real computer programs. Doctor, I want to read you a statement. Sure. Now, <clears throat> why should I be reading you this statement? Because this is where you are the authority. Even the simplest bacterium has about 2,000 genes, each with a thousand letters instructing the organism how to function and reproduce. According to Darwin's theory, this was the raw material that led ultimately to the vast library of information in human DNA, the equivalent of a library of 1,700 volumes, each of a thousand pages. Would you comment on this and tell me why it is an absurdity to believe that it happened by chance? If you can believe that a library of that magnitude could arise by chance, hmm. you go right ahead. But I don't, and I don't think anybody who thinks about it would. Uh, it cannot arise by chance. Information that's functional cannot ever arise by chance. And what happens in evolution, Darwinian evolution, is you have random mutations taking place. Yes. A mutation has never, ever been demonstrated. What's a mutation? A mutation is when something changes. Uh, radiation or whatever changes yes. a, one of the nucleotides along, you know, the six billion nucleotides along the, the <laughs> strand. <laughs> How many billion? Six billion 
of them along uh, nuclear ties. Uh, uh, along the DNA. Six billion. Six billion of them. Uh, and a mutation. A mutation one. might change one. Yes. For example, uh, sickle cell anemia is caused by a single mutation on the hemoglobin gene. And some people say, well, that's an example of a beneficial mutation because people with that mutation don't uh, develop mal malaria. Uh. But that's because the plasmodium parasite that, that causes malaria can't invade those cells. Therefore, that's a selective mutation that's good for people living in areas where there's a high evidence of malaria. But I ask anybody in the United States or any other almost any other place, if having sickle cell is a good thing, and they'll say no. <laughs> and there has never been a case where a mutation has caused an increase in information. Well, that's the heart of neo-Darwinism. It is. It is. I mean, you're, you're dealing now, you're getting to the, the jugular vein. Yeah. Because it's the very heart of the neo-Darwinian hypothesis or hoax. That, that is true. Here's a statement. I want you to comment on this. Nothing produces everything. Non-life produces life. Randomness produces fine-tuning. Chaos produces information. Unconsciousness produces consciousness. Non-reason produces reason. As an information scientist, tell me, is it true? Absolutely not. <laughs> Information has never been produced by a random process, at least functional information. You can produce uh, chance probabilities, like with a dice or a coin or something, yes, yes. but nothing mm. functional. And if, for example, um, you had some typing random things at a keyboard uh, and suddenly three of the letters spelled D-O-N, I wouldn't instantly conclude, oh, they're talking to me, mm. <laughs> because that, that would have no information, even though it matched something that in another context might be information. But see, the information always requires a sender and a receiver if the information is functional. Uh, it makes sense to me that people who believe in the Darwinian idea do so because they haven't studied this information, or else they've been brainwashed to believe that every scientist in the world believes in Darwinian information. I, I think it's a, it's a hoax. I think people like you are giving tremendous evidence why a person can believe that instead of man coming from nothing, that man came from God. And it says in Genesis 1 and verse 1, the most important words ever written down, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth. Therefore, we came from the hand of God, and because we came from the hand of God, there's, there's hope, and one day we're going to live for eternity. Do mutations, I want you to tell me this a little bit more, because you're giving so much information, I'm missing a bit. Do mutations ever increase information? Never. The, That's a, categorical. A random mutation mm. has never been shown to increase functional information. It can change information. Hmm. And, and every mutation that has ever been studied actually demonstrates a loss of information. And some of those losses can provide better survivability. For example, a, a bacterium 
might mutate at a point where an antibiotic would attach, and it becomes resistant to that bacteria, yes. that antibiotic. Yes. yes, That can happen. Yes. But where do you get the worst possible infections? In the hospital, where all the normal bacteria yes. are yes. killed off, yes. only those bacteria that have that adverse mutation will survive. Here's a statement from William Provine of Cornell University. If Darwinism is true, there is no evidence for God, there is no life after death, there is no absolute foundation for right and wrong, there is no ultimate meaningful life, people really don't have free will. Therefore, Darwinism is the demise of humanity. But today we're talking about the demise of Darwinism and the salvation of humanity. Doctor, answer this question. Has the actual, the actual reality of life's computer hardware and software been verified or are they just fairy tales? It has been verified by Craig Ventner's group and more and more scientists, literally thousands of them, are now acknowledging that it's a software process. And furthermore, there are thousands of scientists who are now doubting and searching for something to replace Darwinism because they realize Darwinism is dead. Uh, did you know uh, one of the greatest scientists um, made this remark? Uh, the man who worked at punctuated uh, equilibrium, uh, he said, uh, uh, Gould. Gould, yes. Stephen J. Gould. Yes, yeah. he said, effectively, Darwinism is dead. Lynn Margolis also said that. Effectively, <laughs> get it, effectively, Darwinism is dead, but God is alive. Uh, Dr. Johnson, mm -hmm. do you have a personal faith in God? I do indeed. Uh, and, and one of the... the the, the faith in God didn't come as a result of science. And in fact, I mentioned yes. before that yes. I continue to believe in evolution because that was science, and you can't argue with science facts no. after all. Hmm. And it's interesting because I, I asked God, why did you let me teach these lies for 18 years? Hmm. And what came to me was, if I had come to disbelieve in evolution because of my Christian faith, yes. I would have lost my credibility with the scientific community. Yes, but, but as a scientist. As a scientist, when I studied it as a scientist and came to the conclusion that this is false, yes. I can have some credibility and I can, I can with credibility state and integrity state to scientists, I don't believe in evolution because of the science. Doctor, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on our television program. We will long remember this interview. Please write to me today, John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks in Australia. Write to me at Terrigal. If you want to see one of Dr. Johnson's recommended videos, we're going to put this up online so you can look at it. Overwhelming evidence why you can believe in God my message to you today is this, believe in the God who believes in you and remember the words of the greatest man who ever lived, the man who made the universe. Jesus said, you will know the truth.
and the truth will set you free. Thank you for tuning our way today. And God richly bless you. And thank you, Dr. Johnson. Thank you for having me.